Well, welcome back to Two Pastors and a Mic. My name is Corey. And I'm Shanik. And we're so glad that you're joining us wherever you are. If you would do us a huge favor and like, subscribe, or share this podcast with somebody, do it on your socials, on a text message. And if you would go to Apple Podcasts and please leave a review. We love all the feedback, all the encouragement, all the support. We appreciate you. Yeah, thank you so much. Also, we are continuing with guest appearances this month on the podcast and uh, all of our guests this month are other pastors on staff here at Hill City. So these podcasts will be three pastors and a mic. And we have with us today our student pastor, Austin Kenny. So glad to have you with us today. Oh, thank you for having me. And to get things kicked off, we actually have uh, our question of the week, and it's twofold. We want to know what has been your favorite podcast episode on this show so far. And also, if you could just share one of the craziest memories or moments that you've either had with Corey or myself, and there's nothing that is off limits, whatever you want to share is fine. Oh man. I think, uh, my favorite podcast would definitely have to be within the cow tipping. What do we call that? Cow tipping series. Yep. Um, and you talked about Satan, um, being after me. I think, I think that yep. was like the podcast and, um, kind of resonated with a lot of how I, the enemy is out to get me episode en- 62. Yeah, that one, that was act, act, act. I can't find my words there. Absolutely incredible. And, uh, dude, you know what? My favorite memory, I think probably had to be me and Corey sharing a bed at camp. Like I had just got here. Yeah. Like well, for, <laughs> for context, Austin, you've only been with us for four months and we've only known you for like seven. Yeah. And so it's kind of an unfair question for him, but your first ministry experience, you were here. It was week your one. first week. Yeah. And we like go on our high school winter retreat, which we go away. And uh, Austin and I shared a king bed together. It was pretty incredible. I mean, I don't need to go too in depth, <laughs> but um, yeah, like I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think I felt like we were like giddy, like teenage boys that were a having sleepover. a sleepover every night. <laughs> we were like up till two laughing at like the stupidest things. And um, you were having your vegan farts and Dutch ovening me. And it, it sounds was like you guys got to be best friends right away. Oh, yeah. Because we we're did. the three best friends that anybody <laughs> could have. Yeah. So when I brought Corey on, to be honest, our <laughs> first ministry experience, we actually go away to Dallas, Texas. We had a friend, um, uh, Dwayne White, who hosts a conference down there every year. And, Are you uh, really going to tell this story? Should I should I save it or should I go? I think go you should ahead? go with it. So so <laughs> so we're down in in Texas and you'd only been on staff maybe a month, maybe not even that. A few weeks. He's living with me, but I take him away with Reggie. We go to this conference and uh, and we're just chilling on the bed and <laughs> we actually have to share a bed together. So I know exactly what you mean. Up talking life and family and marriage and actually. Because I want to hear from you even further, I'm just going to leave it at that. I'll share that story another day on the podcast, oh, exactly what we talked about. But uh, but I understand. I shared that to say I understand <laughs> becoming friends with Corey very quickly when you share a bed oh, together. I'll so just leave it at that. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to defend myself real quick because we have time. Uh, to be fair, I played university hockey, and I saw 20 dudes naked every single day for six years of my life, five years of my life. And I'm, you know... Nudity brings unity. I'm just going to leave it at that. Oh my Why did you go straight to unity? Austin and I are talking about the closeness to have conversation. And there you bring up sharing nudity, beds though. with naked dudes. 20 of we, them. We weren't naked. I, I'm just saying that. 
<laughs> I did just bury myself, didn't I? Oh, I. We're love gonna it. keep this in the podcast, but it is what it is. We had a we had a moment and we had an experience, and that that story almost ten years ago we had an experience. There there are just it. a lot of fun moments when you get uh, when you get slap happy at night. You talk about all kinds of stuff, and you just are vulnerable with each other. And we had fun. It was a good experience, I right? I enjoyed it thoroughly. <laughs> So what we're talking about on this podcast with Austin is we want our audience kind of to get to know you a little bit as somebody on staff, somebody who gets to experience not just life with us, but ministry with us, which when you do ministry together, you get to know each other on a much deeper level. But kind of just hearing your story, we hired you on staff and there were, you have a crazy story, even just how we got here, just what has happened with you since COVID. Uh, We want to hear about it. Just give a little upbringing of your context and upbringing in the church as a pastor's kid and your first couple of years in ministry already. Yeah, um, I'll hit maybe very briefly on uh, maybe upbringing. I did grow up as a PK, uh, like both of you did. Um, My parents, they both pastored, led an incredible church. We were a non-denominational church, yet we were loosely connected with a denomination. And so Um, Although we weren't um, maybe a super dogmatic environment, we were connected with those that were. And I was just really um, not drawn toward ministry growing up. Didn't feel like, um, although I got, like many of you, I'm sure I got prophetic word after prophetic word about, um, you know, things I was going to do for God. But I I didn't really feel drawn um, or called to do anything within ministry. Um, I was a full-time barber, actually. I started cutting hair at the age of 14. And one day I took a trip to Australia and while there, I just really felt moved. Um, I was actually hanging out. My buddy was attending Hillsong College at the time and i really felt in one of their services while being there. Um, I felt like this was what I wanted to do with my life. And that was ministry. Came back. I quit my job. Um, I had a full time job. I was doing really, really well within barbering, quit my job, sold everything I had. And I moved away to Bible college and um, while there um, just really kind of developed a lot of who I was as a leader, communicator, um, follower of Jesus. I think a lot of things were kind of um, decided for me within those uh, moments. Fast forward, um, did a lot of different things within ministry. But when I met you guys, I was actually um, coming off of uh, church planting or coming out of I, I was in the middle of um, church planting. And um, actually, no, when I met you, I was not church planting. It was post church plant. You need to tell that story. Yeah. So um, I actually was um, in Northern California, Bay Area. My wife and I, we moved from Los Angeles during COVID after meeting one another, getting married. We moved. We felt like, man, we were really supposed to church plant um, in Northern California. And everything was going for us. I mean, we, um, within three month time frame, we received full funding where we were going to be good to go for a couple of years. I mean, everything, salary, all that included, like we, things were going really, really well. Um, we were giving a, given a building by a denomination. Um, and I'd always kind of been against denominations. Um, yet in this season of my life, I, um, kind of got connected loosely with one, Um, and they gave us a building. We began church planting. I mean, it was incredible. We were having, you know, large crowds showing up to our first like worship nights and and interest nights. And I mean, on the outside, everything looked like it was 
going really, really well. Um, we had a, an incredible launch team. I mean, um, building got fully remodeled, like just really cool things were happening. But internally, I began, um, I, I guess the best way to put it is that I began looking at God for who he truly was in that season of my life. And I began looking at him as a loving father. And, and really, honestly, my um, perspective radically began to shift. Uh, but I, like I mentioned, I was kind of connected with the denom- denomination. And to be connected with them, I had to um, come to this. I came to this place where I recognized that I had to preach things that internally didn't resonate with me. And it kind of created this inner conflict because things were going great. Things were growing rapidly, yet internally I felt like I could no longer be true to myself. And um, so uh, ultimately I began um, talking to a few mentors around me and um, realized that what I was going through was what many would describe as deconstruction. And it was taking me to a a wild place where I began to um, almost recognize uh, that a lot of the things I grew up holding on to when I looked at them and put them next to Jesus, they could no longer stand up. And um, it became very difficult. So we made a very tough decision. Um, We had just found out that my wife was pregnant once again. Um, We had a young baby um, and we, we decided to no longer move forward with this church plant. And so we began returning money to donors and we gave the building back to the denomination. And I just went on this wild journey. And that's actually when I met, um, Pastor Shanick, I was introduced to him through Bishop Jamie, came here to a conference and got um, really connected um, and ended up getting a job offer here. That's kind of like my story in a nutshell. But um, yeah, Dude, go ahead, you just use the word a tough decision. And from the 30 second viewpoint, we can understand that. But it is so much more than just a tough decision. Oh, yeah. I don't even know the English word to describe. Yeah. For context, you left a position as a lead pastor, fully funded building salary, ministry expense, yeah. new renovated building, uh, a couple hundred people showing up at your launches, like from a church planting perspective, this is success. This is the jackpot. This is the lottery. Yeah. And you had everything going for you. And while you're struggling with your faith, something that still to this day, yeah. you and I've had great conversations about, you walked away from that. And I just, I applaud you because that's more than a difficult situation. A lot of people I know, some personally and know stories of, of people just sticking that out because the moolah was there, because Mm -hmm. the luxury was there, because it was more comfortable to. And what you didn't share is how long were you without a job once you stepped down? Because you didn't have this opportunity when you stepped down. It wasn't like oh, I'm struggling, I'm deconstructing, oh, here's this church opportunity, I don't want to be a lead pastor, let me go hang out with these guys. It was, you were in the desert for a long period of time. Talk about that. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, uh, gave up all of that. My wife ended up going to work. She got, thank God, she got like an incredible job that helped her. And I was actually a stay-at-home dad for like half a year um, before moving out here to Indiana. And that alone was challenging and confronting my preconceived ideas of how the marriage should look. And a lot of it was pertaining to how I grew up being Mm -hmm. almost indoctrinated about what marriage should look like. And um, I I think (laughs) my patriarchal tendencies were absolutely challenged um, during that season. And, And not only that, I mean, it was difficult on another level because, you know, you mentioned the money 
and the you know the the building and all these different things but for me like i'm sure both of you would agree is that the most important things are, are when it comes to ministry is not the building or the money it's really the people and so now as i'm walking through this questioning and doubting and kind of inner turmoil that i was walking through not only did i have to deal with that but i had to deal with the people challenging me um in kind of brutal ways and um, during that season, I actually had to like begin doing something. I think it was Dr. Caroline Leaf. Um, she's a psychologist. I'm not. She talked about it in brief, but I went to a therapist also that did this technique where we had to visualize we were kind of looking through a glass window, if you will, like a storefront door. We were, we were looking through um, this window and we had to um, personify I had to personify my feelings and put them behind that w- that window. And I, I know there's like debate, I guess, within psychology about if this is like a um, helpful method or not. I know it helped me and this is my story. So there you go. Um, but um, so I had to personify like I had been struggling with depression and anxiety and I had to personify them and look at them as if they were something other than me. And so during this season, I think one of the things that brought me a little bit of hope and a little bit of help was I began recognizing um, and doing that same thing with my beliefs. And I put my beliefs on that other side of the window or that other side of the mirror. And I began recognizing that my beliefs don't define me. They do inform me. They define me, but they don't inform me. And I began recognizing and having more compassion for other people. Um, as I did that practice, because I recognized that when I'm having different thoughts or I'm viewing God in a different way, they haven't begun the process of separating their beliefs from their identity. And so therefore, when I'm challenging their view or their belief or challenging the way they view Christ, I'm actually challenging what feels like them. And so it was a very personal thing on, Mm. on many levels for a lot of people. And that was probably the um, main struggle that I went through during that time. Yeah, because as you shared with me and I want you to share is yeah. you lost friendships and not just friendships, but family over this. Yeah. So, Oh yeah. And, um, that, that's the thing that, you know, it's funny because, um, many of those that have never deconstructed might look at deconstruction as this thing we think is cool and hip. And so we, and I know you've hit on it and I don't need to, but it is not cool and is not hip. And it's not something that you actively, it's not easy. No. And you don't actively choose to walk through it because if you did, you, you're crazy. If this is a journey that you want to go on. Um, and so I, uh, yeah, definitely lost family. Um, lost friends. I mean, I would have family go on and write pointed posts toward me. Um, I would have, I've, I probably to this day have so many family members that have blocked me. And, um, I mean, I had pastors preaching sermons, um, and bringing me up within their sermons. I mean, I was getting written off. I, I mean, I was traveling and speaking quite a bit and literally, um, just because I began proclaiming a more loving Christ. Um, I, I mean, every door was shut. Every opportunity seemed to have been, um, gone. I I was getting threatening text messages. How ironic from pastors, because I was now thinking differently than them. I had one tell me he was going to come to my house and drag me across my backyard because I no longer believed in some, you know, doctrinal thing that he believed in. And so, yeah, I mean, uh, the, the, you know, it's tough enough losing what you held dogmatically so tight to, um, but losing these friendships in such kind of volatile ways. Um, 
that that was really really tough i mean i could go oh. i could give you story after story but um <laughs> well we've been learning and we've talked about on this podcast before that vulnerability yeah. is less about talking where you've been and how you've overcome and more about talking the current shit that you're walking in right yeah. now and you just shared that from stories that have happened recently but they're still happening right now like yeah. you are literally still dealing with family members and former friends and people bashing you oh yeah personally and that's tough yeah it hurts too yeah and yeah man i'm sorry you have to deal with that dude it's okay i'm coming out stronger man <laughs> you say that, you, <laughs> that, that that's my religiously pre-programmed yeah um, <laughs> i mean you will response. and we both believe that yeah and there's some facade around that but i just love who you are I, I thank you for sharing that because i know um some of our people who listen to this podcast don't know that we actually do have a church culture here and there's people on staff that have crazy stories and yeah. have crazy questions and are walking faith right along with us and don't believe everything that we believe and yeah. we're okay with it. And we're, this is a journey. Faith isn't a, a moment or an experience. Faith yeah. is a process. I like to use the word adventure more than a journey because adventures are, you don't know what's coming ahead. There's fun moments. There's terrible moments. It's an adventure. Yeah. And so, yeah, thanks for sharing that stuff. Yeah. And, um, are we closing up here? Or can I share? Yeah, one keep story? going. You no, know what? Keep so yeah, I actually, um, it funny story. I told Shanik because I didn't want to be manipulative. Um, and this will give you a little bit of context, maybe to where I'm at. But I did tell Shanik um, after I got the job offer here, because um, this has already been such a place of health. Uh, but I about a year and a half, two years ago, before actually two years ago, before church planting, um, I was called by a friend, a trusted friend that. Um, in some way, shape or form, I felt like has always heard clearly from God. And he called me and he was like, Hey, God showed me in a dream that you were walking up a hill and people were taking a bunch of weight off your shoulders and you were like becoming free from like a lot of weight and pain that was on you. And well, we were fast forward in, in that time, we were actually praying about taking this church over, right? Which was on a hill. And I was like, oh man, God, cool. That's a prophetic word. That's a now word, right? You know? Um, and so then um, obviously we're not church planting anymore. And I was like, man, that was utter crap. He was way <laughs> off. <laughs> he was wrong because there was more weight put on me than ever before. And um, so, yeah, I wrote him off and blocked him. And no, I'm kidding. I didn't do that. But um, so fast forward, I come out here and I meet you know, Shanik and I'm given an offer here eventually, but I didn't have it yet, but I came and experienced this environment, um, for a CIM actually event here, um, kind of a fellowship of, of, um, pastors and leaders. And, um, and I recognized the church was named Hill city and it was actually on a hill. And so my wife and I, you know, when I went home and began talking to her, I said, Oh my God, could. This is before you got the offer. It was before. Just to clarify. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Before I got the offer. And, and I wanted to tell Shannon, but I was like, man, if I tell him that I am going to be televangelist manipulative and I'm not going to do that right now. And um, so I didn't tell him until after the offer. Tell him what? You didn't. I didn't tell him about this kind of prophetic, yeah. you know, word or dream. Go, I or, cut you off. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go, you went home and told your wife what? Oh, I went home and told my wife. I said, hey, no matter what happens, I feel like we need to be there for a season like where hill city church yeah. <laughs> you're like even if we don't have a job offer we need to move to southern indiana yeah. to be a part of this church 
Oh yeah. And so what did you start doing? And so, yeah, dude. So, um, we literally like started looking at homes out here. Like we started like looking for places to rent here. Like we, we knew we were coming to Indiana. We knew this was the place that the weight was going to be taken off our shoulders. And it was a place where we could, um, in a healthy way, process through our emotions and our theology. And we could work through doubt and unbelief, which like you mentioned, I still struggle with. It's a daily battle for me. And I've actually kind of taken solace in what, um, and I've mentioned it to you probably like 30 times now. Um, but there's a theologian that many of you would know, C.S. Lewis. And um, he actually said every morning, at one point he said, every morning when I wake up, I'm an atheist. <laughs> and after that, I'm a Jesus follower. And um, so I've just, taking solace in the fact that I'm in a place where I can um, find hope through uh, this deconstruction journey and um, weight is actually being taken off of me. But yeah, that was kind of a cool story before I continue rambling. No, um, it's all good. Anyway. I love that story. And honestly, I really haven't chimed in yet because I just love hearing your perspective, hearing the story, hearing your journey, where you've been. And honestly, my um, I don't want to say I'm heartbroken for you, but at the same time, I know that weight and I've been through that, um, that journey and those Valley seasons. Yeah. Um, and again, this is just a reminder, just like we had last week with Brittany, um, that it's so important for people to have others in their life for not only the safety and that they can be vulnerable. We talked about that with Brittany, but to just champion and encourage and come alongside yeah. And I think that's also how, honestly, the spirit works. Um, he brings people along uh, our paths in the right times and the right seasons, and they help us and encourage us. Yeah. And I'm just thankful that we've been able to, you know, encourage you. But I want you to know that you've been an encouragement to us as well. You've instilled new life and have brought back some passion and just um, just a new sense of just excitement, engagement with the people even here. So I love that. Love your perspective for sure. Yeah. You, what, what I was trying to get you to share is you actually sold a car to begin right before we even oh, had an opportunity. Yeah. Like, Dude, what? I forgot about that. How yeah. crazy am I? Uh, yeah, my wife and I, we, we sold both of our cars and bought a truck because we knew we were going to need a truck to before bring you things even across had an country. Offer. I love it. And we didn't even have an offer. Yeah, we began. We actually found a loophole to get out of our lease like before I had an offer. Like we were literally, we knew we were coming here. And, That's just um, wild. Yeah. I hear that every time I'm like, that is crazy. Yeah. So then you moved here and now you're part of our student ministry team. You oversee our students. You are part of our first time experiences. And man, I, I love having you around. Honestly, you're a fun guy. If you don't know Austin and you live in Southern Andy, Indiana, you need to get to know him. He's a fun guy. But We've had a lot of conversations, even personally, about this deconstruction journey and about, you know, leaving some of the things that we used to hold on to as concrete beliefs. And it's not an easy journey and it's not yeah. sexy and it hasn't been fun. And I know we've had some even recent conversations that haven't been fun. But, man, I'm just proud of you and I love you. And I'm grateful that you moved across the country to be with a bunch of hillbilly slash city folk who... Uh, <laughs> are just trying to follow <laughs> Jesus and figure it out one day at a time. That's hilarious. I'm actually going to go back to what opened with that story um, with taking Corey to Texas. Oh, and I love it. When we end the podcast, I'll share with you what that was. And if you're listening still to this podcast and you want to hear this story, you can give me a call, 812-989-3224. I'm going to tell you the story, or you can catch me 
uh, sometime personally, and I will share it. But after thinking about it while you were just talking, I've been thinking about it for like 20 minutes now. I'm not going to share it live on the podcast, but I will share it with you if you reach out. Love it. Wow. It, it's a pretty wild story, but it's not that wild. So if we tell you that it's wild, then you call and hear, and then Lower you're disappointed. Yeah, I'm hiring the expectations so people don't call, <laughs> so it's not doesn't get out there. Well, we're going to close this episode with the phrase we always do, but we whenever we have a guest, we want them to do it. So why don't you go ahead and close us out? You are loved, and there's nothing you can do about it.